Maple syrup, changing leaves, Ben and Jerry's, and Subarus. These are a few things that come to mind when thinking about Vermont, but for a certain town in the Green Mountains, there may be something a little more mysterious lurking. I'm Kristen. And I'm Christina. And today on the Real Crime Podcast, we will be kicking off our mini segment on mystifying triangles with the Bennington Triangle in Bennington, Vermont. Good morning, Kristen. Are you ready to change it up a little bit for today's episode? I'm so thrown off right now, I actually can't even express it to you. I know, it's kind of confusing. So we switched places a little bit for our little mini segment here. We're going to do, I think, at least three episodes. Yeah, at least three triangles. So that's kind of exciting for us. Super exciting. And it's just weird because like, I have no idea what we're discussing so my brain is kind of all over the place right now and it's it's amazing we're also recording in a very different space yeah, and I don't have headphones so I can't hear myself yeah I'm also very thrown off we're we're having a weird day here having a weird day yes but I'm ready like yeah whenever all right so did you have any chance to look into the Bennington Vermont or am I bringing you completely new information you are bringing me completely new information because I had it confused with another northeastern triangle another one that we will be covering correct okay. and so I looked into that one and then I was like oh this is totally different and I have no idea what's going on okay cool so my mom was actually the one that brought the Bennington triangle to my attention and as I was researching I was thinking that it sounded so familiar and I couldn't figure it out until my coworker mentioned she was going on her yearly weekend trip up to Vermont and I was like, it's Bennington you go to, right? And she's like, yes. I was like, that's funny. I'm about to cover this episode. No kidding. Okay. Did she like never want to go back after she heard any of the things you had to tell her? I didn't really tell her anything. Oh, you're a good person. I would have told her all the awful, awful things that happened because I'm assuming there's awful things. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about it. So yeah, I mean, they could be worse, but cool. All right. Yeah. So anyway, um, that was a complete side note, but I had never actually heard of the Bennington Triangle previously, and after doing this research, I'm pretty surprised because it has everything I'm interested in with Native American mythology, disappearances, unexplained mysteries, and of course, aliens. Yes! Yes! Aliens! So Bennington is actually the first town established in Vermont in 1749. No kidding. It's located at the base of the Glastonbury Mountain in the southwest of Vermont and was known as a mining town. Previous to that, it was a shared space between three different Native American tribes where their land had overlapped. These tribes believed that the mountain was home to a legendary creature described as a very tall man covered head to toe in hair, so basically Bigfoot. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, that sounds super familiar. Hello, cryptids. <laughs> so um, they also believe that this mountain is where the four winds met, which is kind of true, um, of course, because they're right about everything. So on Super the mountain, fun. the direction of the wind can change at any second, along with drastic changes to the weather, which can cause anyone to be 
you know, extremely disoriented if they're up there. So me right now, I'm basically where the winds meet. That's what's happening. Okay, cool. (laughs) So it's possible that this Native American tribe also believed in an enchanted stone that would turn like to quicksand if anyone stood on top of it and then devour the person. But I couldn't find proof that this was actually like their belief versus something that had been made up in like like an urban legend sort of thing. Okay, cool. So nevertheless, because of these reasons, the Native Americans would bury their dead at the base of the mountain and never traveled onto the mountain itself. So we're starting out strong with a Native American burial. I was going to say, I've seen poltergeist enough times to know that this is not good territory that we're going into. (laughs) I also want to just mention that I'm so glad we finally found a reason to discuss quicksand because, let's face it, I, I don't know. I just, I... I was expecting a lot more of it. Like, Growing it? up. Exactly, exactly. Right. Quicksand was a bigger deal. I mean, it it's featured was. in one of my favorite Mel Brooks movies, you know? And Princess Bride. And Princess Bride! So many different things. And I don't know why, but Swiss Family Robinson. I feel like I brought that movie up recently in and a podcast also. Wasn't there strangely. that one hella traumatizing kids movie where, like, the horse, like, sinks into the quicksand and the boy's trying to rescue the horse? So I think you might be thinking of Swiss Family Robinson, but it's a zebra. Okay, it's not that. It's okay. not that. I'm thinking of something else. It's definitely a boy and a horse, but like I can't place the movie right now. But it's cool. I'm it's sure cool. It'll come to us. People are screaming the name of the movie at me right now. I'm sure of it, but it's cool. <laughs> All, All right. right. So let's get into the deaths and disappearances here. Okay. First up, we have Carol Herrick, who died in November of 1943. He disappeared while hunting. His body was found three days later. His rifle was leaning against a tree nearby, and after an autopsy, it was revealed his cause of death was being squeezed to death. What? Mm-hmm. Weird, right? Super weird. So apparently his face was also blackened, and I'm not really sure what that means. Like and like soot? I. That's literally all it says is his face was blackened. Weird. And his ribs were all broken. Cool. So the official police theory is that he shot at a bear because... There was a lot of hunting in, in these yeah. woods. Yeah. And when he went to go check to see if the bear was dead, the bear jumped to life and squeezed him to death. <laughs> it's, it's a literal bear hug. I was sorry. I was just having a moment. I don't oh my really God. know about this story because there were like no claw marks on the body. And I assume based on the location, it would have been a black bear. So I did obviously have to look up to right. see how a black bear attack would actually would like likely go. And the only attack when... They only attack when they are provoked or they're feeling defensive. So being shot at fits, but generally the victim would have claw marks, mauling marks, or bite marks, which he did not have. He was just squeezed to death. That's insane. Yeah. That's like, that's like a, like there's a giant, what, python or, or an anaconda or something. What, what, which one's python squeeze, right? I don't know. I stay away from That's snakes. fair. Okay. That's super fair. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, because a ball python... Yeah, they wrap around their victim, yeah. right? And squeeze it to death? I want to say you're right. Okay, all right. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. I, and the movie Anaconda came on last night when I fell asleep watching Arachnophobia because apparently they were going in alphabetical order for me. Uh, you know, <laughs> random 90 movies, 90s movies. And um, yeah, so that's what popped into my head too. Anyway, continue. All right, so that's all we have for Carol Herrick. That is literally it. For oh, him. well, it was nice getting to know you, Carol. Yeah. So next, we are jumping to November 12th, 1945, when Mitty Rivers, a local hunting guide, mysteriously disappeared while guiding a group of four on the mountain. He was walking ahead of the group as they were heading back to their camp, and he was never seen again. 
Huh. So he was like very versed in the woods as he was, you know, a local hunting guy. Makes sense. Yeah, exactly. They should probably know where they're going. Mm. Mm. Well, he did for the most part. Um, about 300 locals and army soldiers who were stationed in Massachusetts were sent out on an extensive search party. After eight days of looking, all they found was his rifle cartridge by a river. It was assumed it fell out of his pocket while he was bending over to get some water. And that was all that was ever found. And I mean, like, unless he suffered, would still be signs. I was going to say, like, maybe he suffered a heart attack and fell into the river and floated away. Yeah. And it's like that at some point there would be remains found. So just one rifle cartridge. Cool. Just gone. Okay. Places I'm not going. Oh, Cole's taking us camping. I think it's in Vermont. Uh, let's hope it's away from the Glastonbury Mountain. Okay, or yeah. Or you're going to have to share your location with at least all five of us. People. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, I'm. Maybe he's just. Maybe he's. Maybe he's done with us. No. Maybe <laughs> he's been there before. It's okay. Nobody panic. I'm just. I'm fine. Yeah. Take it. Take a deep breath. <laughs> all right. So only one year later, on December first, nineteen forty-six, college student Paula Weldon went for a hike on Long Trail and was never seen again. Well, probably never seen again. Paula went to Bennington College, and per her roommate, she had recently taken to hiking. She had changed her clothes in their shared dorm and then set out for a nice brisk walk wearing jeans, sneakers, and a bright red jacket. She hitchhiked from the college campus to about three miles before the trail. Mm -hmm. We know she arrived at the trail because she met and conversed with another group of hikers, asking for directions to the particular trail she was in search of. They recall it was getting dark, and they warned her that the weather was about to drastically change with the sunset, going from about 50 degrees down to 9 degrees. Nope. And she may want to head back home soon, as she didn't have a heavy jacket on. So clearly, she did not heed their warning. Seriously. And after her disappearance, a a couple stated they had seen a blonde lady with a bright red jacket walking about 100 yards in front of them on that trail. And once they rounded a corner, all traces of her were gone. No footprints in the snow and no hint of a bright red jacket. It was so odd to them that they had even questioned whether they whether or not they had actually seen a girl in a red jacket in the first place. That's creepy. Right? I don't like that at all. No. So thinking Paula was just studying late, her roommate didn't alert the school of her missing roommate until the next morning when she woke up and realized that she had not returned at any point during the night. Okay. Paula's parents were informed their daughter was missing, and her father elicited help from the FBI to search for her. Damn. Right. An extensive search was conducted with over a 1,000 students, campus employees, locals, FBI agents, and aircrafts helping out, and a $5,000 reward was offered. So I'd like to mention at this time, Vermont didn't have their own state police, so the Connecticut State Police were actually dispatched to help out. Multiple accounts were brought to the police of possible sightings, but nothing ever came of them. So one of the promising stories was told by a waitress from Fall River, which we know of. Like Fall River. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Fall River, Fall River. Mm -hmm. Okay. Stating. (laughs) Fall River, Fall River. (laughs) So the waitress uh, said that she had served a girl that matched Paula's description, um, and she had been sitting with a man around the age of 25. While the man was at the counter paying, the girl had asked the waitress how to get to Bennington, what town she was in, and then kept muttering that she needed to get back to Bennington. 
But by the time the police received this story, there were there was no trace of the girl. And I found that pretty creepy. That's super creepy. Just the fact that she was, like, disoriented and muttering. And right. it's, like, either the temperature changed hit her and, you know, the temperature changed and... Like she was kidnapped or something. Like or someone abducted her. Exactly. Creepy. So at any rate, Paula was never seen or heard from again and cool. remains a mystery to this day. So this is probably the most infamous case from Bennington Triangle is Paula. Foof. So one good thing that came out of this is that after after this case, Vermont decided they needed their own state police. So they did that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they got to do that. Absolutely. I think it's crazy that Vermont didn't have state police, but Connecticut did at this time because Connecticut's like half the size of well i was gonna say vermont is such a massive land area in comparison to connecticut and not being able to maybe it's more populated i don't but still probably yeah but like they weren't able i feel like if they had state police the search for her would have been a little easier because you know state police can communicate with each other a little better than local sheriffs can right 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 so i feel like maybe she could have been found but anyway So three years later, on the anniversary of Paula's disappearance, a man named James Tedford, who was a veteran residing in a soldier's home in Bennington, vanished while riding a bus. While riding a bus? So he's on the bus, and then all of a sudden he's not on the bus anymore. Yeah, that's the story. Cool. So James had been visiting family in northern Vermont and then took a bus back to his home. Fourteen other passengers swore he got back onto the bus after their last pit stop, but once the bus reached its destination in Bennington, he was nowhere to be found. His luggage was still on the bus, and the bus route map was on his seat, opened, and no one saw him exit the bus. So this case is still unexplained, and that's all we know about that. That, that to me, is even more disturbing than the last one. Like, that's really creepy. Yeah. So people that he lived with, like other soldiers or veterans, um, they said that when he left to go visit his family, he said he wasn't coming back. So maybe Hmm. he just didn't get back on the bus. Okay. But like he left all his stuff? Like you'd figure. Yeah. Yeah, It's weird. So the following year on October 12th in 1950, a little eight-year-old named Paul Jepson went missing from his mother's truck. Unlike James, Paul had been left alone to wait in the truck while his mother moved the pigs she looked after from one spot of the property to another. Paul's mother states she wasn't gone for more than an hour, which seems like a long time to leave an eight-year-old unattended without In a car. anything to keep them occupied. Right? But this was the 50s. So okay. Maybe kids were a little less distracted back then. Okay. Know. Why couldn't the eight-year-old come with? Yeah, I don't know. It's, she fed him to the pigs. I just... No. <laughs> so that's what... That's something happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, he was, of course, reported missing immediately, and the search party formed of hundreds of people set out looking. They used a bloodhound to track his scent all the way to the end of the road towards Glastonbury Mountain, Mm. where the road forked and his scent vanished. They tried multiple times with the hound to no avail. Paul's father reported that Paul had been talking about visiting the mountain a few days leading up to his disappearance. So maybe he was... He just like took off and disappeared. his scent disappeared, so likely he hopped in a car. Weird. So maybe he was kidnapped. I don't know. Ugh. Ah. But, again, that's the end of that story. That's just, it's, yeah, 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 there's no continuation. Gotta love it. Okay, awesome. Then, on October 28th, 1950, literally 16 days later, Mm -hmm. a camper named Frida Langer also went missing. 
She had been hiking with her cousin when she fell into a stream and decided to head back to camp to change her clothes. Super fair. Only she never made it back to her camp. When her cousin returned, there was no sign of her or her soaking wet clothing. Hmm. Can you guess what happened next? Uh, I'm assuming they looked for her? Yeah. They okay. formed a search party of okay. over 400 people, <laughs> including aircrafts, and what? they performed a very thorough search, but nothing was found. Were they like little biplanes or something in 1950? I don't like, really no. Like there were no we helicopters, right? Okay. Uh, I don't know. It's just so, people climbing trees and kind of swaying back and forth. I'm going to assume actual... Okay, okay, fine. Fine. (laughs) So then, seven months later, in May of 1951, her body was found about three and a half miles from the campsite. It was so badly decomposed that no cause of death could be determined, so the case remains unsolved, like all of the others. Weird. There are so many theories out there about these disappearances, but none of them really make sense. These people vanished in daylight, surrounded by other people, and had nothing in common with each other appearance or age or gender wise so it's highly unlikely to be a serial killer right maybe i mean yeah i mean it's all within years of each other so right um others believe it was the bigfoot creature whereas others believe the big rock opened up and swallowed them whole yep that makes sense too the only at this thing point <laughs> all together is that they each went missing between mid-october to early december and i did see a rumor that they were all wearing something red but the only one i could consistently verify was Paula and her red coat. Okay. So we're camping in Vermont in November and now I'm just severely freaked out. Bring uh, all red clothing. All red clothing. And we're just gonna test the waters and see what happens, okay? <laughs> so personally I think James Tedford wanted to disappear and no one noticed that he had like never boarded the bus after right. the last stop and they I mean, were all embarrassed to say that nobody noticed. Noticed. Well I like and plus like it's not like they do a head count. You know, when you're I getting think back. the bus driver's supposed to. Well, but it was, eh, maybe not. Like, I don't know. I feel like they all just lied because. As long as their stories were consistent, right. you know, because if one person was like, well, I didn't see him get on the bus, then like everybody's to blame, you know. Right. So Paula, Paul, and Mitty all became disoriented by the ever-changing weather and probably found a little nook to take shelter from the winds, but fell into an abandoned mine shaft. That's my theory. Got it. Okay. Frida was maybe killed by her cousin, although I have no evidence at all. It's just a theory to throw into the mix. And I cannot explain poor Carol Harrop's death by squeezing. Aliens. Makes no sense to me. Funny you should say that. Apparently, there's a legend that weird lights have been spotted around the mountain and people believed it was aliens. Of course. So there's another possibility. No, it's, it's got to be aliens. Like, there's no other explanation. I mean, I... That, that's kind of it. It's just there's weird lights and a history of weird lights. Okay. I don't know. So I don't know. I don't know. Definitely aliens. Freaks me out, though. Yep. So in current days, Bennington is just a cute little quintessential New England town in Vermont. Oh, my God. And that's it. Oh, my God. And apparently my coworker grows too and gets pumpkin bread mix every year. I love that. And apparently I may be camping there. Who knows? Then we'll find out and hopefully I make it out. Yeah, why don't you figure out where you're going? Yeah, no, I'm going to definitely do that. I'm going to definitely do that. Oh, all right. So that was the Bennington Triangle for you. I can't wait. And make sure you stay tuned for next week because we've got a special surprise for you. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Hence the weird (laughs) recording location today. So, yeah. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye.